1: Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. back to Lazes Out. Jared Bailey, Kurt Homester with you. And Kurt, we've been excited about this one for another last week or so since we confirmed it. So, joining us now, two-time Super Bowl champion, 2-4 in his chest, his play did the rest, Ike T. Swagging you. Mr. Ike Taylor, everybody. Yes, yes, yes. Welcome. Mm -hmm. Welcome to the show, mate. So, as a big Steelers fan, this is a big deal for me because I grew up watching you. So, this is a big deal. Appreciate you coming on.
0: No problem. Appreciate the support, dog. Just, uh, just ready, like what y'all are doing, so let's get it started. I'm at a cigar bar, by the way. Okay, oh, yes. you know, My guy Mike. Nice. Mike is the GM at a cigar bar, so he just shut down all the TVs for me the volume and got me Perfect. Well, we
2: will Well, we won't, we won't keep you too long because uh, that sounds like a fun time, but we appreciate you coming on being able to talk about your fantastic career there with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Jared, I know you have been just counting down the minutes until Ike joined us, so I'll let you start us off here, Jared.
1: Yeah, man. I mean, we've done, I don't know, a lot of interviews with a lot of guys. But, you know, when you got a guy who played for your squad, it's always fun. So I do want to start with this past Sunday, though, because that's how Mapletron kid Chase Claypool, my God, he goes off. Ben finds him seven times, 110 yards, four touchdowns on the day for the Canadian superstar. Um, still was a 4-0 for the first time since 1979. Um, going into the year, there was a lot of questions about Ben and his health. He's looked as good as he's ever looked. Um, knowing Ben the way you do, is this something that you expected? Did you, you know, maybe expect a little bit less because of the arm?
0: How does Pittsburgh look to you? Well, I, feel like, I feel like seven is uh back to what he was when he was a rookie. And what I mean by that, it's a lot of good pieces to the puzzle. Um, you got a good defense. You got a good running game. You got two good tight ends. And you have a plethora of, Young, good wide receivers. At the time, Ben was a young quarterback, but he had Antoine Randall, Hines Ward, Nate Washington, Cedric Wilson, so he had some pretty good, you know, receivers. Then you go to Willie Will or Willie Parker at the running back position. Jerome Bettis at the running back position. You know, you got Heath Miller. He was in his prime at a tight end position. He had a stout defense. So, in between times, Ben had to become Ben, which means he had to hold the team down. But now he's back to that 2003-2006 era, where now he has a young, stud wide receiving crew. He has Eric Ebron, Vance McDonalds, Connor and company at the running back position. He has another good defense. So now he's way much smarter. His IQ level is way much better, and he's 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 the captain of that ship. So Ben right now is at a good place, not only mentally, but. The pieces he have around him, it brings him back to that 2003, 2004,
2: 2005 era. Yeah, I mean, Steelers are dangerous this year. There's no denying that. And that division is pretty fierce. So, like, I want to get your take on that division, the AFC North, because it seemed like, you know, coming into the year, all the questions were, was Ben going to be healthy? Now we see that Ben is healthy. That defense is fantastic. What are you thinking for this division? Because last year, you know, Lamar Jackson, Baltimore Ravens, that great defense, but it's going to be a toss-up here. And I, I think both these teams, it's going to come down to the wire.
0: I mean, seven was missing. I mean, they, Pittsburgh could have done the same thing what they was doing now. I don't know if they would have had a hot start like how they had now, but Pittsburgh would have been in the same position. It would have been either Baltimore-Pittsburgh coming out or probably would have been both. It's just now you got the Cleveland Browns, uh, they they figuring it out. So you, you you got a hot division, and Pittsburgh is four and You know, Baltimore Ravens and Cleveland Brown four and one. So it, right now the AFC North is just hot. You know, but I think if Ben would have played last year, it would have been one of the two: Pittsburgh or the Baltimore Ravens. So now you just saying what it would have been last year, this year. Now Ben is back healthy, so then you got to add and then you got to add the Cleveland Browns into it. So I mean, if you was looking at the Cleveland Browns last year. You would have thought they would have been in this position. This year, just now they have a, a a heck of a coaching staff, and head coach, and he knows how to manage, and he knows how to be the dad, not the uncle at the head coach position. He knows what to do with his talent. And people forget, man, they got a lot of first-round guys on that defense. You know what I'm saying? The Cleveland Browns, just like the Pittsburgh Steelers, they got, they got a lot of first-round guys on that defense. So, everything is just coming together. But right now, I'm glad the, the rules did change. Of it. If Cleveland keep doing what they're doing, if Pittsburgh keep doing what they're doing, if the, if the Ravens keep doing what they're doing, you might possibly see three teams come out of one division going to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned the Baltimore Ravens, so this is a perfect segue.
1: That's what they call, that's what they teach you to do in, in journalism school, like they find a way to get a nice segue. So Joe Flacco starting this week. You mentioned the Baltimore Ravens. You guys had a lot of fierce matchups with that team and you all were running the AFC for, I don't know, the better part of a decade. Um, take me back to a few of those matches, because it was always the hardest-hitting rivalry in football. It was always in prime time. Um, and for the most part, it was Pittsburgh coming out on top. How fierce and just how much hatred was there between whether it was you and the offense with Joe Flacco or Pittsburgh's offense going against Terrell Suggs, Ray Lewis, Ed Reed? I mean, it was it's Man, a, it just, a rivalry that defined an era. It It,
0: it was – First of all, you'll start with the GM. So, Kevin Colbert, you know, he, he wants the hard-nosed Pittsburgh Steelers, seventy tradition, down-to-earth, him in the face kind of players. Then you look at Ozzie. Ozzie wants the same thing. He wants the hard-nosed November, December, January guys who just want to smack people in the face kind of football. So, when you look at that blueprint, Pittsburgh had that blueprint first but Ozzy loved that blueprint. So I got a chance to be a GM and he 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 took the same blueprint to the Ravens. Then you get then you get brainwashed and, and coming to Pittsburgh and I'm sure they felt the same way going to Baltimore Ravens. It's a mutual understanding between the two that we hate each other. <laughs> that, that, that's just how it is. There's there is no love loss. It's a bad divorce and we hate each other from hell on <laughs> out and forever. <laughs> And then at the times, you know, the rules, the rule change wasn't it wasn't changing. It was on ver it was on the verge of changing. But man, we used to call it face timing. Like, man, we're not hitting nobody low. We're hitting you face mask to face mask. And we're gonna mm-hmm. see who gonna hit face mask to face mask the longest and the hardest. So that's what it was. And it just so happened. We was at the top of the division. Baltimore was at the top of the division. So whoever was coming out of the AFC North was either either the Pittsburgh Steelers or the Baltimore Ravens. Then you get in the Hall of Fame caliber guys who played Air Reed Troy Palomalu. Um then you had Ray Ray. Then for us we it was it was it was James Ferrier, our a the linebacker. Then you go down to the D tackle, you had Sarah Goose and company, then we had Casey Hanton and company, then you talk about outside linebackers. We had Joy Porter and company. Then they get Terrell Suggs and company. So <laughs> then we get James Harrison and company. So it 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 was it was a lot. Then the running game. You get to the running game, we had Bussy Deuce Staley for a second and Willie Callone. Now you gotta deal with, you know, uh Jamal Lewis coming from Tennessee. Like, man, we just <laughs> we just mimicked each other when it came down from 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 a draft standpoint and what they was looking for to the physicality where they thought football, how football should have been played. And that's where the rivalry kicked in. So our respect to the Baltimore Ravens because Jim Harbaugh is a heck of a coach. And I'm sure he'll say the same thing about Coach Tomlin. He's a a heck of a coach. But for me, it started with tradition and the tradition and the tradition was with the GMs and getting guys who was ready and able and willing to play physical football, November, January, February kind of years.
2: Yeah, and I mean, like you, you mentioned, the, the hard-hitting, you know, the heavy-hitting defense of the Pittsburgh Steelers, and that's what we're seeing now, too, in 2020. And I want to ask you and see your take of, is this the best defense we've seen since you were playing with the Steelers, with Troy Polamalu, with James Harrison, all those big heavy hitters that you were mentioning? Is this the best defense that we've seen since then? Because I would argue that Pittsburgh has the best defense in the league right now.
0: Pittsburgh has a nice defense right now. <laughs> now, now, now the best defense I've seen out that black and gold was the '70 Steelers.
3: Mm.
0: You know, but we 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 had a nice run. We was top five? Who was number one for? You know, at least between five to eight years of my career. And statistically, you know, we we haven't seen a defense statistically in that 2009 season. Who can beat us? statistically mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um but that gets that gets swept under the rug which i don't know why but all let's <laughs> know what time it is but um this defense for 2020 you kind of saw the making last year uh mid mid season you know you, you kind of saw the making mm-hmm. so they just carried it over this year added some new guys some young guys some young talent to that and they playing, they playing like some dogs, bro. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the boys, the boy, <laughs> boys playing like some dogs. Um, but far as like comparison wise, I won't and I I won't compare because that's just the standard for the Pittsburgh Steelers. If, <laughs> I, for 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 a defensive guy, when you think of the Pittsburgh Steelers, I want everybody to think of a hard nose, hit somebody in the face, smash <laughs> mouth kind of defense. Period, and that's what they're going back to. That's what they're looking like. You brought up that 08-09 unit. And I saw
1: an interview. I think it was Brett Keisel who said it. And I need you to confirm this for me because if it's true, it's insane. Because they were talking about some of the greatest defenses throughout history. Brett Kiesel had said, yeah, that entire year, we didn't allow a run more than seven yards. So, uh, if that's true, like, that's then real. mother no, of that, God, what the hell was going up up front there because that's insane.
0: <laughs> no, that's, that's real. Like, everybody bought in. Like, even, as a secondary, as, you don't – you rely on your front seven. But when it comes down to sweeps, counters, edge running, your secondary guys have to be willing to tackle. Mm-hmm. And that's what we was. Like, okay, so we got to make sure nobody averaged more than seven yards the whole year. Yeah, that has a lot to do with the secondary. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. a secondary guy can easily stay on a block of a wide receiver and just let them get past them. But it's a willing, it's a want to, it's a, no, we got goals on this defense. It's, it's man, let's put this on tape for us that that that's what it was for us Hey, man let's keep our tape hot coach Tom used to say keeping your tape hot and by keeping your tape hot is uh making trying to take the soul out of grown men <laughs> and that's that's how we felt and that 0809 season like we really wanted to take the soul out of grown men and that's <laughs> that was hitting from the first quarter to hitting to the fourth quarter to if it went into overtime that was just man look when you go home, we want your mama, your wife, your girlfriend, or one of your kids to be like, "Daddy, why you let so and so do that?" To you? <laughs> That's just how it was.
2: That is a mentality to live by every single day. I love it. Uh, like what you know, you you won two Super Bowls with the Pittsburgh Steelers. A fantastic career, a long career. Do you have one defining moment? Do you think, in your eyes, one defining moment that kind of just wraps it all up I know you got the two rings but can you think of anything in particular
0: man sitting my son was my son Ivan was four years old in that 2008 that Tampa Super Bowl and him and I sat on the field and he, my ear was his his go to when he was tired and we sat on the field confetti going down and I was just looking at him and I'm like, damn, this is a good feeling, (laughs) you know? So that, that, that was one of my moments, um, sharing the moments, not only with my family, but with my son, uh, letting the confetti go down. Um, he had a big ass Afro curly (laughs) hair, but, uh, he was soaking in the moments just as well as me, and i'm a i'm a, i'm a always remember that moment, uh especially being a player uh and being a dad awesome like awesome. right, i'm
1: five eight one four you got me ready to run through a wall just here am so I'm ready I'm ready, yeah. So speaking of curly ass hair, you played with Jesus' favorite football player of all time. (laughs) So you went on McAfee a few months back and talked about because Pat was all salty about how he could have scored a touchdown and Troy lined up on the other side of the field, contrary to where he usually lines up. Um, And you had said that – Troy said that Jesus told him to do that. (laughs) So explain to me, because you have better insight than any of – almost anybody on the planet, what it was like playing with – the softest spoken human on earth, but when he, his cleats touched that field, he turned into the Tasmanian devil.
0: Man, Troy, like, I mean, Troy is, that we call him baby Jesus for a reason. Like, <laughs> that's, you know, if you believe in God, whoever your God is, and if you know the story and the history of Jesus, and that's Jesus' son. <laughs> his name is his name is Troy Palomillo. Like so he <laughs> he just he just did unbelievable stuff week in and week out and I had an opportunity just to have courtside seats <laughs> <laughs> and watch it every week like he he was just he already knew what play was coming um he was a filmaholic And whatever he saw on tape, he trusted his eyes. He trusted his instincts. And he made plays week in and week out. And a lot of guys do film. A lot of guys study. But a lot of guys ain't consistent at making plays. A lot of guys worry about messing up. Troy never worried about messing up because Troy really never messed up. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So... You know, whatever he thought, whatever his whenever his instincts kicked in, he was damn near right, and it usually come from guys who are in the Hall of Fame. It usually came at clutch moments. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, so that's what made Troy so special. And it's like, dang, how how can he be so calm and religious and you know love God and Christ, but he play like a demon on the field? Like, <laughs> that was just that was just TP, but. You know, them guys don't come around too often. So uh, I was just glad I was a part, you know, one, being a friend and a brother to him. Two, just having them courtside seats, like I said, just watching them. Do you, uh, do you send uh, a nice Christmas card to Matt
1: Hasselback for giving you that interception in the Super Bowl? Because I would definitely do that if that were the case.
0: Uh, not at all, man. I just, <laughs> I'm, I feel like I'm just a part of history. You know, they had the same setup. I dropped the first one in the first quarter. It was the same formation. And uh, the Shea Townsend, uh, he's the DB coach now for the Chicago Chicago Bears. Yeah, he uh, coach coach uh, coach the boys to say always get a hand on number two if they had trips. So trips meaning it's three guys, three receivers lined up on one side, probably four yards apart. And But he, he used to always say, man, get a hand on number two. And, and as, you know, Deshae was a technician. He got his hands on number two, kind of rerouted him. Um, it was a void in the zone, but we had enough pressure to where he threw the ball and I knew exactly where it was going. So I just kind of slid to the number two area and wind up just picking it off.
1: And I want to ask you about that season in general because Jerome decides to come back that year. A lot of people didn't think he would. You know, he addressed the team after the AFC title game lost in New England. Um, there, he decides to come back. You guys are sitting at I believe six and five, seven and five. You got to win every game to get in. What seven was that five. journey? Yeah, what was that journey like? Just going from okay, one more loss, we're done. To holy hell, we just won three straight playoff games on the road.
0: We have a chance to win this in Detroit. Yeah, I wound up doing a interview with James Ferrier, because um, I got my own little podcast. So we was talking about this on the podcast. We were 72, then wound up being 75. And after the 75, we we had to win every game on out just to get in the playoffs. So at that 75 spot, we felt like we was playing in the playoffs since then. So actually going to the playoffs was nothing, because we felt like it was, it was win or go home from that 75 standpoint. Well there you go. Mr. Kurt Homister, I'll give it to you.
2: I mean, from your whole career, what it, is Mike Tomlin up there, should he be considered as one of the greatest coaches of all time because it's that that's a big honor to be to be put on that list and you know, not not everybody's you know, even considered for that list, but personally I think Mike Tomlin should be the things that this guy has done, the accomplishments that he's Overachieved and everything that he's done in his career, from you just a personal standpoint as him being your coach, what do you think of that?
0: There's only a few other coaches whose whose resume is better than Coach Tomlin's as as a head coach. People forget Coach T got two Super Bowls, one as a you know defensive back coach, but the other one as a head coach. Um, What Coach T did last year in the 2019 season going to his fourth string quarterback, uh, Pittsburgh going eight and eight, having a opportunity to make it to the playoffs and you having franchise quarterbacks who can't make it to the playoffs. So having went eight and eight (laughs) to be coaching for what this is, Coach T, is this his 15th year coaching? 15, uh, or, was, 07
1: was the first year after Cow yeah. retired. So yeah, 07, this will be
0: 14, 14. 15. Yeah. This, this, is fourth, this is his 14th year coaching. Never had a losing season. Well what, what oh. we talk what 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 what, what are we talking about?
3: <laughs> 14
0: <laughs> years of coaching and never had a losing season.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Head coaching, head coaching. Never had a losing season. Never. What were we waiting on. So I felt like, yeah, Coach Cowell made it. Coach Cowell made it to the Hall of Fame. And damn sure Coach Thomas should should make it to the Hall of Fame. To go 14 years without having a losing season in the NFL, through all these ups and downs, and last year could have been the, the season you had a losing season, mm-hmm. but to still put your team in position to have a chance to get in the playoffs, hands down, he's a Hall of Fame coach.
2: It doesn't and look 14th- like it's going to change from that. I don't think there's going to be any losing seasons uh, coming up here.
1: 14 <laughs> straight, not losing seasons. The Buffalo Bills, my friend, they, they don't know too much about that, unfortunately, for you, You so always, always got
2: to take a shot at my Bills there, too. I've been defending all them all right. on yeah,
1: Twitter shoot. for the past 24 <laughs> hours, man. <mate. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> all right. I, hey, we appreciate your time. Uh, we appreciate would definitely be, definitely be down to have you on for more stories in the future. Again, love having appreciate you on. It. Take care, and uh, we'll talk soon. Hey, y'all boys be easy. Peace. All What's right, I, enjoy the okay. cigar
2: bar, my friend. Thanks Thank for you, coming bro, on. Bro.
1: <laughs> okay. All right. Take care. And that is Steelers legendary cornerback Ike Taylor. That was fun, mate. That was. That was uh, awesome. A lot of a lot of nostalgia for, <laughs> for me, especially because uh, like imagine. I said, you know that was the team I grew up on, mate. So yeah, that was uh that was a lot of fun. So, um, we will we'll come back. We'll do picks and power rankings. Uh, but we'll take a quick little break places out Jarrett Bailey, Kurt be right back. All right, everybody, welcome back to Laces Out. Hopefully you enjoyed that last segment with Ike Taylor But we've got a week to preview a week to recap lots happened. We had Tuesday night football That was a first. So uh, yeah, a lot to get to buddy. Um, where do you want to start? We could probably start last night with your Buffalo Bills
2: Huh, do we have to <laughs> do uh, we really do we really have to we can we can just glance over this game can't we just delete the film and never talk yeah. about it again
1: yeah so and look we talked about it uh last night a little bit on twitter and then before the show i don't want to hear any josh allen slander i don't want to hear Thank any you. of it and as Thank soon as you. yeah as soon as the game ended I, I was i wanted to be proactive on that simply because you know we've we've talked about this on here before it's just the fact that Josh Allen, nobody has paid any sort of national attention to him before. Even through the first, you know, few weeks of the season when he was really lighting it up. They you know, they talked about all right, Buffalo's three, know, they look good. It was never, you know, too much attention that Baltimore gets week in, week out, Kansas City's been getting week in, week out. But the second that he has a two interception game, one of which wasn't his fault, mm-hmm. we put him under this microscope and just say, See, this is why he's not ready to you know, this is why he's exactly. not in that in that elite group, this is why he's not this like not 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 every quarterback's gonna have a perfect game. You can't expect that. And to say that he's not, you know, on the level, he's not Patrick Mahomes, he's not Aaron Rodgers. Well nobody's Patrick Mahomes right. or Aaron Rodgers exactly. and, and Russell Wilson. So no. And I, I think
2: the other thing is nobody's saying that he is. I'm no. not. I, I'm the biggest Bills fan you'll meet. And I know he's not. I don't I, I know he's not gonna get there. I'm not expecting him to get there. The MVP talk is fun, you know, it's it's so fun having a quarterback that actually is doing well and winning. Mm-hmm. I'm not expecting him to win the MVP, not this year, maybe not next year. Maybe ever. I don't know if he ever will in his career, but he doesn't need to. That's the thing. He does not need to win an MVP for the Bills to be a successful team and win playoff games and possibly one day win a Super Bowl.
1: And just to point out, Drew Brees has never won an MVP. Russell Wilson's never gotten an MVP vote. Ben Roethlisberger's never won an MVP, and they seem to be doing okay. So Mm -hmm. um, I think that this whole Josh Allen narrative needs to just go away because – Throughout this, the entirety of the season already. Even last night, he wasn't horrible. Last night, he threw one bad interception. That first one was not on him. The second one, yeah, the second one was bad. Mm
3: -hmm. But
1: how many quarterbacks? I mean, we can stick with the Roethlisberger comparison. How many times? I can tell you how many times as a Steeler fan, Mm -hmm. where Ben's ran around the pocket, extended the play, wouldn't throw the ball away, threw it into triple coverage, right to a defender, and I, you know, just hang my head and scream, you know, expletives, (laughs) and so. Josh Allen has arguably the strongest arm in the game. It's a toss-up between him and old uh, Kermit the Cannon in Kansas City. (laughs) And, you know, he's gotten just so much better this season. His completion percentage has skyrocketed. His, you know, his decision making has gotten so much better. How many interceptions does he have now? I think he only has three.
2: Now he's three. Technically one, the two, because the first his first one came against the Rams when Tyler. That was yeah the the Tyler
1: Croft thing when he yeah that was he caught caught it came down
2: with it and then it got ripped out somehow. It was an interception. And then like last night, Andre Roberts, who is the kick and punt returner, goes out there for a catch. He should have caught it and it just bounced somehow perfectly right in the defender's arm. So. Technically, he should only have one interception on the year, but yes, yes, he has three. But that's the other thing, too, is he doesn't really throw interceptions. He doesn't no. have many interceptions throughout his career. He fumbles it a lot, yes, but you mentioned the growth. You mentioned how much better he's gotten. I tweeted it out today. The, the, his stat line for last night, 26 for 41, 263 yards, two touchdowns, 63.4 completion percentage. And I said, if that would have happened – Last year or the year before, that would have been a season high. Everybody would have said, wow, look at this guy. Now we're in 2020. That's his season low. That's that's yeah. probably the lowest he's going to get, knock on wood, this year. So that's that's some pretty serious growth right there.
1: And against, I think it was against Miami, he had, no, against New York, he had his first career 300-yard passing game, yep. right? Mm-hmm. And then the week after, he says, watch this, and throws for 400 mm-hmm. yards against Miami because when, every mm-hmm. time the Bills play the Dolphins, Josh Allen just Owns goes it. off. So, look. I love josh allen right now he is a top 10 quarterback in this league i think that's i would like to see someone try to argue that right now because yeah. it just doesn't make any sense to try to do that so right. and you know matt milano wasn't playing Edmonds has been hurt they were without levi wallace and trey white uh John josh, Brown norman. Play. josh norman Zach- just
2: got exposed out there josh norman just- he i love josh norman as a number three corner i love him maybe as a number two in there too he cannot be the number one corner for a team. and At least shows. not at this point in his career. He's yeah.
1: not the Josh Norman of 2015 that was tearing right. it up in Carolina. Right. But And it's great that they have him back. But, yeah, like you said, as a number one, I think those days are done. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they were missing a lot of pieces. John Brown didn't play. Zach Moss has been hurt for the past few weeks, actually. So, yeah. no, he's, miss- he's missing his number two receiver last night. He's missing on defense three of his best defenders to try to keep them out of the end zone. Josh Allen didn't allow 42 points last night. So, you know, it's – every team is going to have at least one game where they get beat up a little bit. There's nothing wrong with that. And we saw with Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes made a horrible throw that was intercepted by Jeff Heath. The Raiders went on to beat the Chiefs. Is anybody going to stand up here and say that Las Vegas is better than Kansas City? I think (laughs) not. So, no. They look their wounds. They got to get ready for this dogfight next Monday night against the Chiefs.
2: Absolutely. It's it's going to be a huge game. That's going to be a fun game too because both teams – you know, coming off a loss, a pretty ugly loss. They're two top quarterbacks in the league, two defenses that have been, you know, kind of underachieving a little bit this year. But, you know, I I knew the Bills weren't going to go undefeated. Obviously, you know, nobody, nobody's expecting that. And I knew they were going to have to lose at some point. I just didn't want it to be that ugly. That was, that was an ugly, ugly game from the very first drive, the interception. But um, that's all right. We can move on. Well, actually, what do you think of the Titans? Because – before this year, you know, you said you, – well, both of us kind of said we weren't too high on the Titans. They're undefeated. You know, they looked pretty decent last night. They're still missing a lot of guys from injuries and, you know, breaking protocol, whatever. That's a whole other story. But what are you thinking of the Titans? Are, are you, you know, looking a little bit higher on them for the rest of the year? The, the listeners
1: can't see this, but I'm giving them the bird. Listen,
2: <laughs> they
1: – First of all, the Titans can take whatever they want and shove it because they have mm-hmm. given this league so much effing problems this season with breaking protocol. And then you've got Taylor Lewan after the game making yeah. the biggest dumbass comments of the year saying all this adversity they've had to overcome. You're the dumbasses who had 23 guys <laughs> test positive because you broke protocol. After your facility shut down, you go have workouts, which is against protocol that you knew about. Yep. So, now, to hell with the Titans. But uh, they look good, yeah. But like we said, <laughs> the Bills are missing. A lot of guys on defense. Offensively, they without John Brown. I'm not going to try to take anything away from them, but they had two weeks off basically, where they couldn't do anything. They got they got a little bit healthier. I don't know, how the hell do they still have that many guys hurt when they had two weeks off?
2: I don't know. I don't. The, the whole situation is just a mess, and it makes me very angry. But I think overall, I, I was telling people this on Twitter last night because Bill's Twitter was just imploding, saying that they need to trade everybody, cut everybody. You know, whatever, whatever but i think the bills are a better overall team than the titans but the titans played a better game yesterday that's that's all it came down to i think the bills are a better overall team and they might face them again in the playoffs we might we might see a rematch of this game in the playoffs
1: yeah and you know there was a few instances where the bills kind of gave the titans very nice field position i think they had very three nice. they had three drives of less than 30 yards or something like mm-hmm. that so i mean they they had the ball to start in bills territory quite a few times so defensively it was a bad game for the bills uh, missing a lot of key guys offensively. They didn't put up the amount of points that they should have. Um, and you know, the, the Robertson interception, which led to a quick touchdown for Tennessee, the bad throw by Josh Allen. But at that point, I mean, the game was already kind of getting away. Yeah. So now the bills are the better team. Um, Tennessee. I don't know. I mean, they're four now good for them. I'm still not, yeah. they're not a Super Bowl contender. I just don't think that with Ryan Tannehill, they're ever going to be, yeah. but um now they've got a solid start they face they host houston next week and i think houston's gonna thump
3: them
2: i hope so i oh man i would love that i don't know i mean I mean, we can talk about the Texans here because they just got their first win of the year with their new interim head coach. They beat the Jags. 30 Do we have to 14? talk about that because I
1: bet on the Jags plus six. Oh
2: <laughs> Come on now. What did I tell you? The interim head yeah, coach no, always you, comes you, in and always you wins.
1: Literally called it so <laughs> good too. I Throughout the entirety of that. I was like, Oh, Kurt's not going to let me hear the end of this. Yeah. I don't know what the hell got into him. Romeo Cornell 73 year old. who has been in the league for Um, yeah, they look good. Um, Sean looked good. Um, the defense looked a little bit better. I think they picked off Gardner Mitchell at least once. Um, yeah, I expected a lot more from Jacksonville. Um, yeah. the, their offense is, at least in terms of weapons, not quarterback-wise, but the receivers that they have and James Robinson in the backfield, they're better offensively than the Texans are. And then defensively, I mean, they've got better young talent with Henderson and Chase on than the Texans do. But, I mean, J.J. Watt's obviously still there. The Texans' secondary. I mean, they, they came to play. Um, I think it was a lot of just rejuvenated, you know, after, you know, okay, our head coach just got fired. We really need to start playing better. And they did. So, yeah, props to the Texans. They go into Tennessee, one and four, hopefully for them going to two and four. Um, I would like to see them win this week. Um, You know, just try to make the AFC South a little bit more interesting. Um, Maybe have at least three teams in there that are kind of making a push for that division win. But, uh, yeah, they played well. Uh, So, we'll see what happens this Sunday in Tennessee. It'll be a fun game to watch.
2: Yeah, and uh, you know, i i want to talk about I want to talk about one of these games because I think that this team is not getting enough credit for what they're doing, and they really, really, I think they're set for the future on their quarterback, and that's the Los Angeles Chargers. They uh, they put up a good fight against against the Saints. They took Brown. them pretty much down to the very last second of the game that they could, and their kicker blew it for them. But the story Herbert, of the Los Angeles Chargers. <laughs> Justin Herbert has been looking fantastic for being pretty much just thrown into the fire after a crazy injury to Tyrod Taylor and just saying, hey, let's see what you got. And he's showing him what he's got. He's playing very well.
1: They are the best. What's the record? Like one in four team. Now. One like, four, My yep. goodness. They they are three and 13 in one score games in their last 16. <laughs> oh, my and
3: God.
1: To counter that, I think I saw a stat: the Seahawks are 14 and two in those same instances. So, wow, the, it's, it's just the fact that they can't close games. Yeah. Um, and look, the kick was there for Badgley. It just hit off. Uh-huh. It hit off like the inside of the post yeah. too. I thought it was going to bounce in, and it didn't. But Justin Herbert, man, they he might be the best court. I think he's the best rookie quarterback playing right now, and that's nothing to take away from Joe Burrow because he's been good. His offensive line is really making him look any yeah. amount worse than he's been. But Justin Herbert, man, without – you know, Keenan Allen, I think, got dinged up in that game, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. So, he yep. was out without Keenan Allen. The offensive line has gotten better for the Chargers, but it's still not anything spectacular. Defensively, they're missing Derwin James. So, I mean, they've been allowing mm-hmm. more points than they probably would have. But, no, Justin Herbert's the real deal. Four touchdowns, no picks. He's playing out of his mind. Um, yeah, I absolutely love what the future holds for the Chargers. I still don't think their season's over, too, because – Um, let me see if I can pull up their schedule real quick, because like we said, close games are are really killing them. They lost against Carolina because of a drop lateral or a bad lateral pass. I keep saying it's a drop lateral, but we can't blame Austin Eckler for that. So, um, if, if, you know, Keenan Allen makes the toss a little bit more in front of Austin Eckler, then they're sitting at two and three right now. If Michael Badgley Mm -hmm. kicks it a little bit more to the inside, they're sitting at three and two right now. Um. And they, the got the a, they got an easier
2: schedule to coming up here too. I'm yeah, I know. At that's
1: what I thought. I want to bring it up and uh, and talk about it. You you have it in front of you, you still. I do. Yeah, they they have the okay, buy so next
2: week, so that's that's a much much needed buy if Keenan yeah. Allen goes down. You know, give Austin Eckler he's still out a couple of weeks, but you know, give the guys give the guys a little break, and then after that they're coming out against Jacksonville. Jacksonville has not really impressed since week one, and they go to Denver. Denver hasn't really been impressing, and they play Vegas, who's you Know they've put together a few nice games, but I think that's a winnable game for the Chargers mm-hmm. and Miami, who stepped it up a little bit, and the Jets, and then the Bills. So, I mean, it's that's that's some winnable games right there,
1: yeah. And then you look at the games that they've lost, they've lost all four of their games by a combined 18 points, so that's a little bit north of four points a game that they're losing. So, it's they play consistently in close games. I mean, the game that they beat the game that they won against Cincinnati in week one, that was only decided by three. So each game they've played in so far has been decided by one score. Um, So keep that in mind. If you're betting on the chargers throughout the year, if the line is anything above seven, you bet the chargers to cover. (laughs) So no, I love the chargers. Um, I love Justin Herbert a lot. He's going to be very, very good. I mean, they're without Austin Eckler as well, but you know, the other backs, Kelly and Jackson are really stepping up as well. So. No, I love what they're doing offensively. They look really good. It's just their defense needs to be able to stop people because they've allowed 68 points in the last two games. Ouch!
2: Jesus, I actually yeah. didn't realize that. But yeah, you know, 38, 38. Their to defense 30
1: to New Orleans.
2: Their their defense has kind of been for the past few years. That's what's been keeping them in games. It's been Phillip Rivers throwing a lot of picks and then their defense yeah. kind of bailing them out. So if they can get that defense going and Justin Herbert can keep doing what he's doing. I might be able to make a late run for the playoffs here. Um,
1: and we can we can take a look at the standings even right now too because I think we can kind of start doing that. We're past the quarterway way mark. Um, if you look in the AFC and we go to the playoff standings right now as it loads, the Titans would be the one seed as of right now. Pittsburgh would be the two. Kansas City the three. Buffalo the four. And then it would be Baltimore, Cleveland, Vegas. And then right now it would be the Colts and the Patriots who each have two losses. The Dolphins, and then it's a bunch of one-win teams, but they're better than the Bengals are. They're better right. than the Broncos are. I think they're better than Miami. Yeah. Offensively, I would make the argument that they're they're better than the Colts. Mm-hmm. So I think that it's just these one-score games. Man, they got to learn to win them because right. I think that the you know seven through twelve right now, I think that they're better than at least four of them. I think they're better. Mm-hmm. I think they're better than Vegas. I like yeah. their defense better than I like Vegas. I like them better than I like the Colts. It's a toss-up between New England, but I would probably pick the Patriots, but they're better than Miami, they're better than Cincinnati, they're better than Denver. So,
2: And I, uh, I think, you know, yeah. these, these one-score game losses are it's, it's just going to come with, with the rookie quarterback. You know, he's only been in for, he's, he played two games, right? Two or three. He, he week
1: started two. week two, so this would yeah. be, but he played against the Chiefs, the Panthers, the Buggies,
3: right. this is his fourth okay. game.
2: Yeah, so I mean, it's, it's going to take some time. This guy is literally just a raw rookie coming in and saying, hey, you go play against the Chiefs, go play against the Saints and see what you can do, and he's done very well. So these, these one-score games are going to change. The Chargers are going to get it going, and now's the time to do it. And, you know, I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope week 10 we can see a, a Tua tunga and Justin Herbert matchup, crossing our fingers. Fingers crossed
1: on that. Let's hope that we get Justin Herbert against Tua. Let's hope that we get Joe Burrow against Tua because mm-hmm. that's, that's what we need right now. And speaking of Miami, what the hell?
2: 43 points. I don't know if we're going to see 46 points. I think it's 43. Was it 43? I thought it was 46. Well, I'm looking at it right now. I think it's 43.
1: 43,
2: 43. 43-17. Ignore that last part. They take down the San Francisco 49ers. Jimmy G gets benched in this game. Uh, Kyle Shanahan said that it was oh, you know, we're just protecting him. He wasn't feeling right. You can say whatever you want. Dolphins just hung 43 points on the NFC defending champs.
1: Look, I've been saying for a long time, Jimmy Garoppolo is nothing more than a pretty face who we overrate because he came from New England. (laughs) And that's not me trying to be rude. It's just being factual. Because the fact of the matter is that he was ugly and played in Jacksonville before he went to the 49ers. (laughs) No one would give a damn. So. Exactly. um, No, he looked bad. And I get that they're missing Nick Bosa. I get that Solomon Thomas isn't there. They've dealt with injuries all season long. But look, Offense is healthy. They got Jimmy G back. They got Mostert back. George Kittle's still there. Last time I checked, Brandon Ayuk looks really good.
2: Debo Samuels back, too. I mean, they they have no excuse on offense. Yeah, defensively, they've
1: allowed three plays of more than 40 yards this season. They allowed that long bomb, too. I believe, was it Preston Williams or Devontae Parker? Who had that long catch for them? I, I want to say it was Devontae Parker um, on that long touchdown. But, yeah, they look very, very bad in the secondary. Um, Jason Verrett's been a nice, you know – Diamond in the rough there. I mean, he's been playing really well after he had a bad injury a few years ago that kept him out for I believe the entire season when he was still a Charger. So, it's nice to see him bouncing back and playing well. But other than that, their pass rush, they only have 10 sacks on the season compared to the league leaders who Pittsburgh and Los Angeles are tied for 20. So, no, their pass rush definitely does look the same. They don't look the same. Um no, I just don't think I think realistically right now we could say that the 49ers are in the market for a new quarterback.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I think so and are we going to see another season where you know they they do really well and then they finish almost last in the league and get Nick Bosa and then they go to the Super Bowl? Are we going to see that again? Cuz I don't know. If they keep playing this bad against a team like the Miami Dolphins who I think are surprising a lot of people. I I don't think they're as bad as they thought as as people thought when they started the the year because you know, I thought they were going to start out slow. They, they had a bunch of new guys that came in and never even met each other before and played together because of this weird off season we've had. And they struggled. And that's understandable. But now we're five weeks in, and they're kind of putting it together. And they put it together pretty well, 43 points against San Francisco defense, which is supposed to be, you know, one of the best in the league.
1: Yeah, and like we said, you know, they're dealing with injuries, but Miami looked really good. Um, I think Dolphins fans might be kind of – like it's bittersweet just because we want to see Tua no, and no. Ryan Fitzpatrick <laughs> is playing really well. Yeah. So how, how do
2: how do you cheer for that? You you want your team to win, but you really want your your rookie quarterback that you spent a first round pick on to get it. And into for the love time. of
1: God, what better week would there have been for him to start than this coming week when they play the Jets?
2: Oh uh, against Joe well, Flacco. Hey, what what if they just they start lighting it up? They're up by thirty and they put in Tua and he drops another. 14 points on him you never now, know that's a
1: solid option or 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 Joe Flacco has the game of his life looking like 2012 playoffs <laughs> Joe Flacco drops 300 yards three touchdowns Denzel Mims has a day is Denzel Mims even playing I don't even know I'm
2: sorry but. that's not gonna happen don't say that <laughs> Le'Veon Bell Le'Veon Bell is no yes, longer a we need yes, to talk gonna be a about this hey, gonna be a <laughs> uh, this drop this drop this dropped in the middle of the game last night um you know there there was rumors and everything that Le'Veon wanted out obviously for a long time but it happened. They just cut him. They outright cut him. They could not find a trade partner for him, understandably, because his contract is enormous. So
1: they killed what? his trade value. <laughs> they, they absolutely, absolutely destroyed his trade value. They didn't give look, when he signed there last year, and you know, I don't have any ill will toward Le'Veon Bell. He deserved the 17 million that he wanted. But Going to the Jets, I didn't understand at all. They had no offensive line. They still don't. Makai Becton has been a nice upgrade at left tackle, but that doesn't help him between the tackles and guard position where they've been atrocious. Um, He hasn't – in his time as a Jet, the 17 games that he's played, he didn't have a a run longer than 19 yards. So, Mm -hmm. you know, that says a lot about what they're doing for him. Adam Gase didn't want him there in the first place, and he said today that it doesn't matter – how it's perceived, how they misuse Le'Veon Bell. Adam Gase is just a schmuck who needs to be gone. My God, the Jets <laughs> no, are horrible. No, he does
2: not. No, he does not keep him around. <laughs> but, but where where's where's is Le'Veon, Le'Veon going? Yeah, where is he going? Because he, I would like to think he has, you know, the pick of any team he wants. Maybe not every team, but the majority of the NFL would gladly take Le'Veon Bell for a cheap one-year rental. Oh,
1: absolutely, and more than anything, I would love to see him go into you know, Kevin Colbert's office and apologize and make up and kiss with Colbert and, and Mike Tomlin. Bro, I would be the happiest man alive if and I don't like you know what's the word um, supporting like a trade for a player. He's better than James Connor. James Connor yes. hasn't been very good this year. Um, mm-hmm. So if they can move James Connor to a team who might need a back, might, maybe Houston, move him to Houston. Or maybe loving up Bale Sides in Houston, maybe. I don't know. But if, you know, I would love to see him come to Pittsburgh. I think that, one, Pittsburgh's starting to use Anthony McFarland a lot more, who I said would be running back one by Thanksgiving, and that's starting to look pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're starting to use him more, even more so than Benny Snell. So I think McFarland's kind of become that de facto two. Um, he's, James Conner hasn't looked good. I think that if they were to move James Conner, he's not going to be back next year anyway. I highly doubt they bring him back in um, take his take on his option i think they're going to let him walk sign levy on bell to you know a one-year deal maybe a two-year deal with a lot of incentives on that second year i would love to see him come back in pittsburgh because if anything that gives them a more dynamic running back than they have right now in terms of his ability to make plays out of the backfield behind a good offensive line again where he was just so dynamic and arguably the best running back in the league Mm -hmm. but the uh the glass half empty guy in me in my head, says Bill Belichick's going to call and put him next to Cam Newton, and I'm going to cry.
2: <laughs> yeah, you know, anytime a big name comes out, you always, 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 always have to expect Bill Belichick to be in on it in This some one makes way. a lot of sense, though, because of the does. running back situation. It really does, and I don't want that to happen, but – But it makes sense. It does make sense. It makes a lot of sense, and I'll tell you another team that makes sense, maybe, 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 that is kind of interesting to me, is the Indianapolis Colts uh-huh the, the best offensive line in football Marlon Mack is down for the rest of the year they got the young rookie in Jonathan Taylor Naheem Hines is in there too but he's better than not, Naheem Hines
1: by a lot <laughs> why not
2: bring in Le'Veon Bell and why wouldn't he want to play there where he would mm-hmm. you know get the majority of the snaps behind a great offensive line with a good defense a great chance to win the division that seems like a good chance for him too
1: I think that would be good for the Colts too, because Philip Rivers keeps making stupid mistakes, and they need to run the ball more than they pass it at this point. Because I think that they're kind of squandering right now, trying to figure out if they have the right quarterback. Because he kind of he made too many mistakes this past week against Cleveland. So to bring in a guy like Le'Veon Bell to put with Jonathan Taylor, I think would be great for Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we keep looking throughout the league, our buddy Matt Verdurom is trying to campaign to get him to Kansas City, mm-hmm. which. Shut up, Matt.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we don't want that, Matt. No. We don't want the dynasty team to just run the league for the next five years. What about?
1: But... I mean, we we talked about this team already. Uh, we could stick with the AFC West because there's a couple teams. Why not the Broncos or the Chargers? I mean, right now Denver's dealing with Melvin Gordon's out now yeah. with an injury. So why not bring Melvin him Gordon to Denver?
2: Melvin Gordon just got charged with a DUI too. So yeah, he did. So who knows it's... how long that could be out? And then Philip Lindsay's been dealing with injuries this year too. So Denver could be an option.
3: But,
1: yeah. but
2: that's the thing, too, is Le'Veon going to want to go there because Denver's uh-huh. not going to win anything this And year. that's
1: the thing because Denver's been – Denver's been competitive, but they've also dealt with an injury bug from hell, too, because they lost mm-hmm. Von Miller right before the season started. They lost Cortland Sutton. They lost um, – I believe K.J. Hamler was dealing with an injury at one point. Uh, Drew Locke's been gone with an A.C. joint. He's been practicing this week, though. They expect him to be a full go. Um, this coming week, I believe, who do they play? They play Miami this week, actually, because they had to shift around the buys yep. and whatnot. So Miami is actually playing this week. So we'll see how that does next. Let's correct our earlier analysis when we said they'd be playing the Jets next week. It'll be the the, the uh, Broncos yes. actually. So we're making with all mistakes the
2: ske- on the fly. So
1: yes, well, we're also adjusting to this new schedule and whatnot. We don't have all the updates <laughs> quite yet. So, um, so yeah, I mean, there's a lot of teams that would enjoy his. His uh, his services, hell, even Seattle. I mean, I think he's better than Chris Carson. If well, I would, they would love just
2: that. I would love that because I I really want Seattle to do well. I you know for for my NFC team, maybe I know you don't love Seattle, but I like Seattle a lot. I love. Russell I'm starting Wilson. to
1: actually. Yeah, you know, Are before you? Okay. I was I was so annoyed with all the Russell. I was just annoyed with Russell Wilson because those dumbass videos that he's posted in the offseason, whether it was laying in bed with Sierra last year or this stupid unlimited video, I just wanted to see him get thumped. But now he's having a great year and you know, no one deserves it more than him. He's such a stand up guy. He's cheesy as hell, don't get me wrong, but damn it, he's good at football, and I'm glad he's that he's doing very well. Good.
2: Could you so, imagine a, a him with DK Metcalf and Le'Veon Bell in the backfield? That's a that's a nasty duo. And then don't forget about Tyler Lockett, Tyler well. Lockett too. Yeah. yeah.
1: So no, they would be very very good. I would love to see that Minnesota. Maybe I mean Dalvin Cook's dealing with injuries too right now. Mm-hmm. So, but I don't know about Minnesota. If you would want to go there, yeah. um, I mean we can just keep going down contenders. Tampa Bay. No, they have nineteen running backs already.
2: Uh, you know, you never know. You never know. Yeah, I mean, they, I guess I they took a Leonard flyer on they took a flyer on LaShawn McCoy Leonard, Leonard yeah, Fournette. Now, I
1: think if I had to place a top five right now, I think that the best landing spots for him would be Seattle. I think that Pittsburgh would make a lot of sense. New England would make a lot of sense. I think those are the three that would make the most sense. Mm -hmm. Indianapolis is, you know, another one. Did I say Indianapolis?
2: But we never really see Indianapolis make a run at the big free agency. No. That's kind of the thing is Indianapolis lays low. They always have a ton of cap space, but they never really make the big moves. Which would make it very interesting to me if they would want to take a guy like Le'Veon, who, yeah, you know, he, he has his problems. He didn't want to be in the uh, Jets organization. He made it pretty public, and he did the same thing with the Steelers. So I don't know. I don't know if they would really want to deal with that. But I'll
1: say I'll say this: one, I understand that you know he was angry at Jamal Adams for leaving, but then mm-hmm. did it. If Jamal Adams is still there, I don't think that this happens. I think that he was. Once Jamal Adams left, that, that team was destined for failure, and yeah. I think he realized that, and they weren't using him nearly as much as they should have when he came back. The offensive line's horrible. I don't blame him for winning out. The mm-hmm. Pittsburgh situation, I don't blame him for sitting out either because they were going to franchise him. They weren't going to give him a long-term deal that he earned, give him the money that he earned. They were and they were a very, very successful offense in large part because of him, so I don't necessarily blame him for, for the situation of Pittsburgh either. I think he's a good dude. He's a great player who only has how much time left as being a top caliber running back, I think that that would be if he, I think Seattle would be the best place to kind of be to revitalize him and show that he's still one of the best.
2: And you know, what was I just going to say? Now I just forgot what I was going to say. Don't you hate that? I do hate that. Um, something about Le'Veon, obviously. Oh my God. I don't remember what I was going to say. All right. Continue. I don't all know right. what I was going to say. I'll think of well, it.
1: Well, all right. Well, we can do <laughs> this next segment that I told you about last night. Cause I think it'd yes. be a lot of fun. Yes. So, Right now, I mean, we kind of have a grasp of what teams might be jolting for a quarterback. So we're going to give each other a few sets of teams who will be drafting the top five. We'll kind of reorganize them in certain situations. And then based off of that order, we'll kind of decide who's going to be playing where next year in terms of quarterback play. So for you, my friend, if I give you a top five, let's say the draft order goes like this. Let's say that we'll we'll play it smart. We'll put the Jets at number one. Number two, let's say Atlanta just keeps being horrible. Let's say Atlanta gets number two. Um, let's put the Giants in number three. We can put Washington at four and Jacksonville at five. So okay. if you need, if you have that, I would write that down or you uh, memorize you, you it said, in your head.
2: You said the Jets. The Jets one. Uh, Atla- Atlanta at- two. Atlanta two, and then yep. Giants. Giants three.
1: Washington and then the Jaguars to round out the top five
2: okay all right so we're we're so based off
1: that draft order Mm -hmm. where do you think certain guys whether they be on teams right now who do you think the Jets are going to draft I think we all know who they would draft in that spot and what would that do or do we
2: or do we because I don't think that they should move on from Sam Darnold okay
1: give me give me your thoughts on what would happen in that situation
2: if Jets end up number one, you move that pick because a team would give a King's ransom for Trevor Lawrence and that first pick. Why not do it? You need so much more help everywhere else, not your quarterback position. Your quarterback position can be okay if you fix everything around you. So, I mean, we'll just – we'll we'll stick with it for now and let's say – I don't know. Who moves up to number one if, if the Jets are at number one?
1: Well, let's take a look at the teams who wouldn't be in the top five in that situation who might need a quarterback, whether it be the Chicago Bears, mm-hmm. whether it be a team like San Francisco if Jimmy Garoppolo keeps struggling, whether it be you know even a team like even Indianapolis who might not struggle. Do they want Phillip Rivers? So, I mean, you can have your pick at who you would want to trade up for that number one pick.
2: Okay, so let's see. I'm thinking on the fly here while we're recording. That's always a good idea. Um, or even a team in the top five already. See, I don't, I don't think, I don't think Chicago should trade up because I, I don't think they will. Are, are they, are they going to want to risk it again? Yes, you know, Trevor Lawrence is supposed to be the Messiah coming down for the NFL teams, but it, are the Chicago Bears going to want to risk again the same thing that they thought they were getting in Mitchell, Mitchell Trubisky? Are they going to want to trade up? the only ones
1: who thought they were going to get that in Mitchell Trubisky, though.
2: <laughs> okay, fair, but. I don't know if the Bears are going to do that. I think wherever they land, I think they're going to try to get a quarterback, maybe in the teens, because I think they'll end up maybe 10, maybe through 15. I don't know. We'll see how they finish the year here. But I think a team like Washington, because Ron Rivera has already seen that, you know, it's not his guy. He got brought in. Uh, Dwayne Haskins was already there. You can move on from Dwayne Haskins. You can get something nice for him. Start new, get your quarterback that you want, Ron Rivera, and kind of go from there because if it is, if it is Trevor Lawrence, wow. If, if you have Trevor Lawrence and then Chase Young on the other side of the ball from you, that's a very, very good cornerstone. So, you know, I, I think we see – well, let's just say Washington trades up. Let's just say that. I, I think we see Washington with a new quarterback next year. If that's don't the know, case,
1: where does Dwayne Haskins end up?
2: Mm, wow. You got me thinking on the fly a lot here. Uh, I, I mean, you could Chicago. Why not Chicago? I like that. I like Chicago. I'm just thinking, thinking on the fly here. So, and, you know, don't, don't quote me if this is just so bad, but I think those, of the five teams that you gave me, I think we see, I think we see the Jags with a new quarterback and I think we see Washington with a new quarterback I don't think the Falcons are going to move on from Matt Ryan. I don't think the Giants are going to move on from Danny Dimes yet, and I think the Jets I think the B- Jets should stick with Sam Darnold right
1: now. All right, fair enough. All right, give me a top 5 and then I'll blow your mind with whatever
2: is about <laughs> to happen. Okay, but the only problem is we're both going to have similar similar top 5s because there's only so many bad teams in this league, so Well,
1: I mean, we have a pl- I think we have a certain group of teams between eight to ten who could end up in the top five just kind of shift around so it doesn't have to be the same top five you can even throw in a wild card that you think might even end up being bad
2: okay all right so let's do this Jets are finishing number one they're they're getting the first pick sure. I'm, I'm not changing that okay. let's do let's do the Giants number two because I really don't like the Giants this year okay. uh, and we'll do hmm, the next three I'm gonna do I going to go out of order here San Francisco's finishing with the fifth pick. I'm saying that Ooh, right okay. now. Denver's getting number four just because of all the injuries they've had, and Jacksonville's getting number three. So you got, you got the Jets, the Giants, Jacksonville, Denver, San Francisco. I don't know if this is going to be true. I'm just saying this for the fun of radio talk. Right.
1: Okay, so this is interesting because I'll throw a few options at you. One, let's say that the Jets, they get rid of Adam Gase. They bring in a new guy. He says, I fully believe in Sam Darnold. We're going to give him the help that he needs because he's our guy, and I like him a lot. San Francisco's sitting there at five. Mm. Jimmy Garoppolo, I think we know what he is. He's an average starting NFL quarterback. Let's say that Kyle Shanahan goes out on a whim with John Lynch. Let's say, all right, we're going to move Jimmy Garoppolo. Not to the Jets, because obviously they don't need him. <laughs> we're going to trade Jimmy Garoppolo to the Chicago Bears and give them the quarterback that they need. He's an upgrade over Trubisky and Foles. He would make them better offensively. He can help them win games. Obviously, he, he helps win, win games a lot. They give, you know, Allen Robinson, Jimmy Garoppolo now, too. They can bring in a running back that's not Tariq Cohen or Cordero Patterson for some ungodly reason that they decide to run. Um, so I think that Jimmy G to the Bears could make some sense. Um, Jimmy G to Atlanta, I think, can make sense, depending on what the Matt Ryan situation is. Obviously, he's a big cap hit over the next few years, so that might be a little bit out in left field. But to me, I think Jimmy Garoppolo to the Bears would make a ton of sense. Another team, Jimmy Garoppolo to the Colts. Mm. If they, they, it would be such a similar situation to what he's in now. They run the ball a lot. They've got a good defense. San Francisco, they run the ball a lot. They've got a good defense. I mm-hmm. think that Jimmy Garoppolo could either be a Bear or a Colt next year. I think those are the two – big teams that could
2: land him. So, No faith in Jacob Eason, the young rookie. (laughs) No, no faith in Jacob Eason.
1: Um, So San Francisco sitting at five, they they haven't traded Jimmy yet because they need to make sure that they can get a quarterback to replace him. So San Francisco pulls off the trade. They give a defensive piece, their first-round pick, their first-round pick next year, maybe a third and like a sixth this year on top of that. They give just a plethora of picks and a piece defensively whatever that may be, whether that be a guy like D. Ford, whether that be an inside guy like a Solomon Thomas, who they desperately need. Maybe it's an offensive lineman that they desperately need on the inside. Let's say they say, all right, we'll give you five, a bunch of picks. We'll give you Mike McGlinchey to Hmm. put on the outside as well because you need offensive line help. We want number one. If I'm the Jets and if if their new coach wants Sam Darnold, you take that pick, you run like hell because that's great because you're still sitting in the top five at number five. And then, so let me put this on the fly. I'm going to put my, what happens next to it. So San Francisco's number one. Now they take Trevor Lawrence. Mm -hmm. So Trevor Lawrence is now a San Francisco 49er. And Oh my Lord, what a season that could be for the (laughs) 49ers if Trevor Lawrence ends up there. Now the giants, I don't know because it all depends on if Dave Gettleman comes back because I don't expect him to be back this year. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd like to say that they still believe in Daniel Jones as well. I think it's far too early to give up on him because he's he's looked okay. Last year, 24 touchdowns, 12 picks. He fumbled the ball way too much. But uh, the offensive line still hasn't been very good. Andrew Thomas has been somewhat disappointing this year. Um, So I think that they just need to get another offensive lineman. They take Oregon's Penny Seawolf, uh, the left tackle. So they get him to try to give Daniel Jones a little bit more protection, put him on the other side of Andrew Thomas. So now they've got two offensive linemen on the outside that they believe in a lot. That brings up Jacksonville. Now I don't think Doug Morone's going to be there next year for the Jaguars. So that all depends on what he believes, if he wants Gardner Minshew there or not, which I just don't know if he does. I think he's going to want to get a more dynamic guy. And I think by the end of this, this whole draft process, I think we're going to see one guy rise above a certain other quarterback. I think we're going to see Trey Lance end up in Jacksonville. I think that he's just going to rise above Justin Fields. So. Trey Lance ends up in Jacksonville. So that leaves Gardner Minshew needing a team. You look around the around the league teams, who need quarterbacks wherever Jimmy G doesn't go in terms of the bears or the Colts. I think Gardner Minshew can end up there. So Mm -hmm. Gardner Minshew could stay put in the AFC South and go over to Indianapolis, which would make some sense. I think, you know, give him a solid run game and a good defense, he can give you, you know, good production on the field. T.Y. Hilton and Michael Pittman there as well. So I, I think that would be a solid move for, for the Colts. Like I said earlier, at Atlanta, if you wanted to put him behind Matt Ryan for a couple of years before he was ready to, to, to move on. What about the saints? Drew Breeson is going to be there next year. You think Taysom Hill is going to be starting in New Orleans. Uh, they
2: got, they got James Winston. Mr. I mean, Mr. I, 30 for 30 himself.
1: I mean, I guess so. And that's definitely a possibility. So, and I'm not saying New Orleans is at the top of that list because obviously they brought in Jameis for a reason. So I think that that's still a wild card at, at play. Um, but looking around the rest, rest of the league, I think that that's kind of the, uh, the two spots where you can really put Gardner at that point mm-hmm. um, in terms of quarterback play. So I think he either ends up in Chicago or Indianapolis following this season. That's where Gardner will be. So Trey Lance is now a Jacksonville Jaguar unless they want to keep Gardner and, you know, kind of redshirt Trey Lance for a year, which is also a possibility. There's a lot of things that could happen. Then Denver, they believe in Drew Locke. Drew Locke's not going anywhere. I think they're going to take one of the safer picks. They're not going to take any more receivers because they took two of them already last year. They got Judy, they got Sutton, they got KJ Hamler. So I think that they also need a little bit of help on that offensive line. Garrett Bowles has looked really good. I think they need some interior help. They're going to take a guard or a center. And then that leaves the Jets at number five who, I mean, they're going to take the best player available because they need help everywhere. So whether it be an mm-hmm. offensive lineman, whether it be um, Jamar Chase, whether it be Jalen Waddle, one of those receivers, to give Sam Donald some real weapons, I think that we could see them take one of them. And so at that point, I think that the Jets would take uh, Jalen Waddle out of Alabama to put alongside Denzel Mims, start giving Sam Donald some help on that offensive line. So in terms of that top five, I think we see San Francisco trade up. I think they get Trevor Lawrence. Jimmy G goes to either Chicago or Indianapolis. Then the Giants take Penny Sewell. The Jags trade uh, Gardner Mitchell to wherever Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't go. Denver stays put with Drew Locke. And then the Jets take Jalen
2: Waddell. There it is. There it is. We have a lot of time to talk about the draft. We have until next spring, but we love yes, talking about it. Just, so. just a little sneak peek at what could happen. So <laughs> any anytime we get a chance to, we, we will do that. But uh, we can jump into our power rankings for Let's next do that. week. And then we'll, uh, we'll let the people go because we had a, a, another fantastic show with Ike Taylor here. Oh, we got picks um, to make, too, this week, mate. Oh, we do. That's right. Okay. Yes, we well, do. Well, we'll start off with the power rankings. Uh, before we do the picks, before I talk about how poor my – well, not poor, but I just <laughs> I can't go 3-0. and I, I haven't been able to go 3-0 and at all this year. But uh, my power rankings have changed a little bit. My number okay. one has not. Green Bay Packers didn't play, so they didn't do anything to make my decision change. So I have the Packers at number one. I have the Chiefs at number two. They lost. It was ugly, yes. It's still Patrick Mahomes. It's still one of the best teams in the league. So, I still have the Chiefs, too. I got your Pittsburgh Steelers in at number three. I wow. I moved them up quite a bit. I had them at five. Now they're up to three. I just – that defense that they have, they're not going to give up many points. Big Ben's doing Big Ben things. with now Chase Claypool coming out as an easy number one wide receiver for him. And then they still got Juju. I, I like the Steelers a lot, so I got them at number three. I got the Ravens at four. They put a nice smack down on the Bengals that seems like they always do. And then I got the Seahawks coming in at number five because it's Russell Wilson He's doing his thing. And I'll do my top five. I'll let you do your top five. Just a hint. I didn't leave my bills out there. Number six. Go ahead, Jay. <laughs>
3: All
2: right. So I am um, going to – mimic you
1: with the Packers being one. They deserve that by all means. So I'm going to keep the Packers at number one. They're the most complete team in football. Number two, I like Seattle a lot. Their defense is bad, but Russell Wilson is really going to will them to 11 or 12 wins on this year. So Seattle's number two. I love what they are doing right now. I'm going to put the chiefs three uh, pretty much what you said as well. I mean, they didn't look very good. Patrick Mahomes made a bad throw late um, when they were driving. It was a nine point game. He throws a bad interception to, to Jeff Heath. Um, but regardless of that, um, you know, we talked about it earlier, not every quarterback, no matter how great they are, they're going to have human moments. And that was one of Patrick Mahomes. So I still like them a lot. They got a big dogfight coming against Buffalo this week. Mm-hmm. I got my Steelers at number four. Um, they would be a lot higher if they didn't allow Carson Wentz to throw to lifelong practice squatter Travis Fulgham
3: <laughs> to get
1: 10 catches and 150 yards against their secondary. Uh, two picks, though, which is nice um the defense you know they, they got to the quarterback a lot they sacked Carson Wentz I believe five times so uh the pass rush is still very good Chase Claypool uh my god I can't say enough about that I mm. I lo- he's my favorite player on that roster right now so I was very 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 happy to see him go off and I just want to take this moment to apologize to Chase Claypool because I was very upset when they drafted him over J.K. Dobbins but he got the last laugh on me so it did. Uh, ch- cheers to Chase Claypool he's done very very well and I'm looking forward to see what they do this week. They've got the Cleveland Browns this week, which will be a dogfight, and I'm very much looking forward to that. I've got the Los Angeles Rams number five. I love what the Rams are doing. Um, I think that... I think that it might be unfair to actually have them at five. So I'm I'm going to make an on-the-fly change.
3: (laughs) Change it on the fly.
1: I'm going to move them down one spot because originally I put Buffalo down a little bit. I can't do that because the the Bills beat the Rams. So you know what? I'm going to put the Bills at number five, keep them in the top five, and I'll put the Rams down to six. A little sneaky for my six to ten. So my top five, (laughs) a little bit of change on the fly. I'm going to go Packers, Seahawks, Chiefs, Steelers, Bills.
2: Okay. And I I think I was just so upset after that loss last night that I had to move my Bills to six. (laughs) It's just – through four weeks, we've seen how, how this defense is not the same defense of last year and the year before. They're not shut down. There's a lot of injuries, yes, but I got the Bills at number six. I'm hoping they can surprise a lot of people and beat the Chiefs this week. Um, and then I got the Rams at seven. I'm, I'm in the same boat with you. The Rams have just, you know, outplayed everybody's expectations this year, I think. Uh, so I have them at seven. I got the Saints at eight. They almost lost to the Chargers, but I think the Chargers are a good team. So the Saints are still moving, even without Michael Thomas. Uh, I have the Titans at nine, as much as it pains me after that loss last night. Uh, They're still undefeated. They're still winning games. I got the Browns at 10. I, I They won again. They surprised me. They beat the Colts. I really didn't think they were going to beat the Colts. That was a big test for them. And they they could be legit this year. They could really, really make a playoff push this year. So I got... I have, uh, let's see, six through ten, Bills, Rams, Saints, Titans, Browns.
1: All right, so our first two are the same. Like I said, um, I guess I moved the Rams down a little bit. So the Rams are going to be six. Um, Like I said, I have them in the top five. You know, they had a great comeback against the Bills a few weeks ago. They look disgustingly good on offense right now. They've somehow taken their worst unit, their offensive line, and used it for their advantage. They do so much quick screens, play action, play action that lead to quick screens. And then that makes the defense creep up. And then it leads to a 50 yard touchdown to Robert Woods, like we saw against Washington. They, they are a puzzle that when you think you have them solved, they add another piece. So I like what the Rams are doing offensively, defensively. I mean, they are Aaron Donald Jalen Ramsey, and then a bunch of guys, but they've done what they needed to do so far to get the job done. I love what they're doing. I get that they've beaten the NFC East and that's not much of an accomplishment, but you know, (laughs) They can't pick who they play. They've beaten all the teams that they should have beaten. They could have beaten the Bills if not for a suspect pass interference call. I'm not trying to throw shade at you, but, my God, that's a horrible call. Uh, but, um, yeah, yeah. but, you know, maybe it was a little bit of revenge for that horrible interception, so maybe they had it coming. So uh, I'll put the Rams at six. I really like what they're doing. I'm going to put the Ravens at seven. Um, Lamar Jackson hasn't looked that great. Um, he only completed 50, 52% of his passes against the Bengals. For all things, you know, taken into account, the Bengals' defense looked all right against them. I mean, like I said, they they held Lamar Jackson in check. He only had three rushing yards. It's just offensively for Cincinnati, they have zero protection for Joe Burrow. And it's been Baltimore's defense really getting it done the past few weeks. They only outgained Washington by seven yards when they played them. So it's been a lot of defense in Baltimore. There's nothing wrong with that. Good for them. You know, good defense helps you win championships. So, um but until Lamar Jackson can show that he can go off against good teams, I'm not going to consider them a real legit threat right now because he's shown that multiple occasions, whether it's playoffs, whether it's big-time regular season games, he just doesn't show up. So mm-hmm. um, I'm going to go with the Ravens at seven. Um, I'm going to have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at number eight. Um, a bad game, not necessarily even a bad game. I mean, they're up 13 nothing to the Bears, and then it just kind of slipped away. There was a lot of calls in that game that were questionable. There were a lot of penalties in general in that game, especially that one driver. There was a penalty, I think, every play. So um, the offensive PI against Mike Evans was kind of iffy. Uh, there was uh, an encroachment penalty on Shaq Bear that should have been a false start on Chicago's right guard. There was a roughing the passer penalty against Shaq Barrett, which is total BS that really extended a drive. So... Um, they – I'm not trying to say that Calls won the game for Chicago, but they definitely didn't help the Buccaneers. I still think that they're a very good team. They got a dogfight this weekend with the Green Bay Packers, which is going to be so much fun to watch, and I cannot wait. Mm-hmm. But Tampa Bay is number eight. We'll see how they do this Sunday. Number nine, those Cleveland Browns, man. I picked the Colts to win this past week, and uh, Phillip Rivers kind of screwed me on that because he had two bad interceptions. But Ronnie Harrison, pick six. Nice little late season, I guess – they got him before the season, right before the season started, from Jacksonville in a trade, which they desperately needed because Grant Delpit went down with the season-ending injury. So having him there at safety has really helped them. He had a nice play um, against Phillip Rivers in that offense. Their pass rush is very good. The Browns lead the league in takeaways with twelve. How about that? So wow, um, I, I like what the Browns are doing defensively. And Kevin Stefanski, like we, like I said, if he puts the run game first to help set up the pass for Baker Mayfield, they're going to be fine. That's exactly what he's done. Baker Mayfield made, you know, a couple boneheaded mistakes as well. Um, and if he does that against Pittsburgh, we're going to lose. So if they can cut down the turnovers, they have a very good shot of beating Pittsburgh this week. Um, so, yeah, I like Cleveland a lot. They're 4-1 for the first time since Bill Belichick and Nick Saban were on the same coaching staff. So how about that? And then number 10, I'm going to keep New England in my top 10. Um, you know, the, the game against the Chiefs was – you know, Brian Horry and Jared Stidham were playing. So I'm not going to hold that against them too much. I mean, this is a crazy season and different factors are going to have to come into play. And we saw it, um, for them already. So I still like new England. I still think that they are a top 10 team. You know, cam's been very good. Um, and I still like them a lot. So my six through 10 are the Rams, the Ravens, the bucks, the Browns and the Patriots.
2: There it is. I, uh, I'm nine and six on our on our little three game pickems every week. Yeah, so.
1: I am too now. So you caught. Aha, me. we
2: we yeah. tied up. You had a one game lead on me after last week, but now we're we're yeah. tied. I I went two and one last week. I picked uh, the Cardinals. They won. They beat the Jets. I uh, beat the Seahawks, who beat the help me out. Who did they Vikings? Why am I... Ah, I was drawing a blank. Thank you. Uh, mm-hmm. Seahawks beat the Vikings, and I picked the Bucks to beat the Bears, and they let me down. So I went two and one. Uh, nine and six on the year so far for you and me. For this coming week, my three picks are going to be. Uh, well, let me pull it up here. now. I lost it. Um, okay, I got it. Uh, I, I'm picking the Ravens. Picking the Ravens over the Eagles. Eagles have disappointed. Ravens are just, you know, their defense is <laughs> elite. Top, top three, maybe two. I, I think I would put the Steelers and then the Ravens in this league. Uh, so I'm taking the Ravens over the Eagles. I'm taking the Falcons. I am. Oh, God. They're 0-5, but you know what? They got the interim head coach coming in this week (laughs) against the Vikings. So, I'm going out on a limb here. I'm taking the Falcons over the Vikings as my big surprise pick, and it's going to pay off. I just know it. Probably not. But I have – for my third pick, it's going to be an ugly game. It really will. But I'm taking the Washington football team over the New York Giants. I just – it's going to be an ugly game, but I just think that Washington has a better defense. I trust Ron Rivera more, so I got to go with Washington. So I'm taking the Ravens, the Falcons, and the football team.
1: Then the football team. All right. I'm nine and six now as well. I went one and two last week. Um, I picked the Rams to beat Washington, and then I picked the Jaguars and the Colts. So I went one and mm. two last week, so I'm sitting at nine and six. My first pick, I'm going to go with the Houston Texans to beat the Tennessee Titans. Um, ah. You know, no. I think, well, the Titans aren't going to go undefeated, mate. They're going to lose eventually. (laughs) Deshaun Watson's better than Ryan Tannehill is. And I think that, you know, now that Bill O'Brien's out, Romeo Cornell's in, they're going to really enforce defense a lot more. Uh, You know, it's kind of his shtick. So um, I think that Deshaun's going to have a nice game. I think that the defense is going to play well. So I'm going to take the Texans to make things a little bit more interesting in the AFC South. Uh, my next pick, I am also going to take the Washington football team. I'm going to take them to beat the New York Good. Giants. They come in three-point underdogs. I think that they should cover that. That's going to be my favorite bet of the week, hint, hint. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I like Washington a lot. I think that their front seven is one of the better, more underrated groups in football. I mean, their front four is all former first-round picks. They got, uh, obviously, Chase Young, Deron Payne, Montez Sweat, and Jonathan Allen, all former first-round picks making up that front four in their 4-3. So. Um, yeah I like Washington I think that they're going to force a few turnovers and eventually um, you know McLaurin or Sims or you know Antonio Gibson they're going to make a play so let's hope that Alex Smith gets to start this week because my god we didn't even talk about that how incredible Alex Smith he is Um, so glad to have him back glad to see him playing my god I hated watching Aaron Donald ride him like a freaking horse (laughs) that was nerve-wracking but the leg held up. Glad to have Alex Smith back. I hope to God he plays this week, and I hope he starts, and I hope he starts for the rest of the year. Can you That'd imagine? Be awesome. That'd Can be you awesome. imagine Alex Smith starts the rest of the year with no Jack Prescott, a struggling Eagles team, and a horrid Giants team, the Washington <laughs> football team with one, the comeback player of the year, Ron Rivera fighting cancer while still coaching. They win the NFC East.
2: That would be one of the best stories of all time in football, I think.
1: And I would be I would be here for it. So (laughs) I'm rooting hardcore for the Washington football team, and I hope they get the win this weekend. And then I'm going to take those Detroit Lions, who I was so high on going into Mm. the year. If Benjamin Ravens listening to this, I tip my cap to you, my friend. They play the Jacksonville Jaguars. They come as three-point favorites going into Jacksonville. They're on the road this week. So um, they had a much-needed bye week this past week because Kenny Galladay was battling an injury for the first quarter of the season. It seems that he's going to be fully healthy. Having him, Marvin Jones, DeAndre Swift out of the backfield, AP is going to get some touches. TJ Hawkinson at tight end. Um, You know, I like the Jaguars. It's just defensively, they're still very young and they make a lot of mental mistakes. Um, You know, because they're young, they don't have the experience that other teams do. So I think that Matthew Stafford and that offense are really going to exploit that. If they don't, I think this is the last game uh, that Matt Patricia is head coach of the Lions. And if they do lose this game, it should be so. Yes. I will take the Lions. So my three picks are Houston, Washington, and Detroit.
2: And I got the Ravens, the Falcons, and the Washington Football Team. Uh, so keep along, keep keep along, tag along with us for uh, everything <laughs> everything going on in the NFL this week. Uh, we got a lot of good games. There's two games on Monday night, including my Buffalo Bills taking on the Chiefs, a big game. Uh, so Jared's Where's going on Monday town. night game. Uh, let me look. We have Chiefs. Oh, we have uh, Cardinals and Cowboys. So Andy That's Dalton, it. the Andy Dalton show. So there it is. But uh, Jared, you are going out of town. So this will be our last show before uh, Sunday well, not, and Monday. Not necessarily maybe?
1: going out of town. Well, okay. wifey's coming to see, to see okay. me. Well, I've got Fair. to go pick her up from State College. So I've got a nice drive ahead of me tomorrow. So Fair. so yeah, we'll uh, we'll be off Friday and Saturday, but we'll be back next week as well. So yes.
2: So you guys can follow along with us this weekend and uh, have a lot of fun with us. Follow me on Twitter at Kurt, K-U-R-T, Hamaser, H-A-U-M-E-S-S-E-R-88. Uh, doing a lot of fun stuff. Got some cool stuff planned. Uh, was able to do a, a nice little pregame show for my Bills, a uh, live pregame show with my guys. Uh, shout out to Trainwreck Sports. Uh, had a lot of fun there. So find me on Twitter. Uh, find us on Twitter at Laces Out LacesOutPTST. Uh, all the big news, all the... Uh, new guests that we have coming on hopefully we got some planned for next week so uh that's that Jerry, where can they find you
1: you can find me on twitter jay bailey nfl um thank you to everybody who read the week six betting line article that was number one on google for a little bit i think it still is so holy balls that means the world to me thank you mm-hmm. um so keep up with you know anything betting related Steelers related nfl opinions related no josh allen slander related Yes. Uh, anything yes. of that nature. So, uh, yeah, Jay Bailey NFL for all your Steelers betting NFL stuff. And now that it's spooky season, all of the Michael Myers tweets as well, because you know, I'm going to be coming with that. So Jay Bailey NFL is where you can find me. Thank you as always for tuning in. Thank you to Ike Taylor for joining us. That was a lot of fun. Uh, we will see you next week to recap week six. Oh my God. I can't believe we're already there. My friend. It's uh we're steam, full steam ahead. Yeah. Time flies so, when you're having fun. That it does. So we will see you probably next Tuesday. Uh, to recap week six. Uh, till then, for Kurt Hamster, I'm J. Bailey. This is Laces Out. We appreciate you listening. We'll talk soon.
2: See ya. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com
0: and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.